the whole idea that we were uh, dealing with during this, this season. It's a time that for believers we ought to do some serious reflecting. So as we uh, come this morning, we're looking at our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we talk about Behold the Ransom. Let's bow in prayer. Father, as we uh, come this morning, it's our prayer that the things that are said and done will be pleasing and honoring in your sight. Thank you for our time together in the moments that we share as we reflect back on Calvary. Thank you, Lord. It's become a ransom for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we uh, come here then, Isaiah 53, 1 says, Who has believed what he has heard from us? And who to whom the arm of the Lord being revealed? For, I, for he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that he, we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised, rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord have laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is laid to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before his shears is sodden, so he opened not his mouth. Sometimes we need to kind of go through that and go over that. It's more than just, quote, coming to church and uh, being among believers, but all that Jesus Christ has done. And in our introduction, there's a need for us to have the proper concept of what took place at Calvary. And there's a need for us to have a clear grasp of some words as we approach these verses. Ransom, forgiveness, holiness, condemnation. As we looked at these, the first one when we come down to ransom, forgiveness, and holiness, and condemnation. We defined it, the, the term, the act of buying back. The French term is redemption. Establishing restoration after a comparable and satisfying payment has been made. I, I think that as we look at the definition of a ransom, ransom for what? Good theology class, good theology. Because whenever you pay a ransom, whatever it is, must be very variable. But here is something far more. We need to go back and see what that's all about. Because Jesus Christ had to die for that. 
clarifying our thoughts for this morning. As we approach the word of God for this morning, let us take three snapshots for the sake of clarity. And the outline is, is the profile, the punishment, the purpose. When we talk about um, this whole idea of ransom, how do you satisfy a holy God? How do you satisfy a righteous God? Just how important was his holiness that if you violated it, you will burn in the lake of fire? That's, it was designed for the devil and his angels, never for us. And God is saying, man sinned against me. And I told him, you shall surely die. This was not an emotional thing. You will burn in the lake of fire, and you will be there forever. And that word has been here lately, it's been resonating in my mind. Forever you will be there. No, no relief or anything else. Understand, it was prepared by God. And whatever God does is excellent. By God. It was be prepared. Understand something else. This, 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 here recently, the past week, uh, they have discovered the hole. And they, I mean, they, uh, they, they see the lights around and everything else and about the black hole. And, um, and they're joking. They say, I, I don't want to go into that black hole, you know. But whatever goes to that black hole is sucked into the black hole. And there's, there's, it's endless. No one knows what's beyond the black hole. But God created the whole thing. And God is saying, when you sin against me, and this really was the bird against Satan and his angels. You violated my holiness. And so you're going to get the full thing of my wrath against you. You will burn in the lake. I've made a lake of fire where not only will you be separated from me, you will suffer forever. And Satan, knowing that he cannot turn that around, said, I'll try to pull as many folks that you love into the black hole of your judgment. And Jesus Christ, how, how do you satisfy the righteousness of God? No man can satisfy the righteousness of God because God does not make righteousness. He is righteousness. So there's nothing that man can do to satisfy God. Man was in serious trouble. And God is saying, the only way that I can be satisfied, you have to give me a ransom that will satisfy my righteousness. And I'll keep them from going with Satan because everyone that reject me will wind up there. That is indisputable, it's a fact. And because we do not know the extremity of that, or not aware of the extremity of that, then emotionally we're not affected by it. We hear a person died, or a person was born, a person was saved from their sins, you know. 
But when it comes down to how serious that is, God says, I need a ransom and man cannot be it. Then we're in trouble. But, you know, that, that conjunction with a function. God in his mercy said the only way I can satisfy that is that the Godhead will go and forgive sin. Notice the principle of, sin, of forgiveness. Whoever you forgive, you have to take on the tab. You have to pick up the tab. If you say, I forgive you, that means I absorb everything you have done for me, to me. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, God saying, I'm, a, I'm absorbing everything that you have ever done uh, to me. And I will not only do that, declare you righteous. Not only that, I will make you a part of my family. You'll be sons and daughters, and I will give you eternal life. What a merciful God. What a loving God. But that was all on the other side of the ransom. Jesus Christ couldn't come down because his purpose was to get to the cross for us. And as we look at that, we find it awesome. The profile, verse 4 and 5. Who had believed what he has heard from us and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? We grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or, or majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. This happened to God. Jesus Christ came down and I don't know how long, they don't put a time limit as to the time passed. How long that he have, have gloried in the angels saying, holy, holy, holy. From, an from that type of experience to this, I can imagine how God felt about that. You know how you would feel if people did. I can't understand how God, my mind can wrap around the God of this world going through all of this for us. And through it, God is saying, you're worth it. I, won't, I wouldn't go through this if you weren't worth it. And so the emphasis is, is, is not this. It didn't say God loved the world. God what? Soul loved the world. When food thought, when you eat some, some food that's so good. I, I mean, it really emphasized how good that food is. Huh? And it says, and God says, I, I, I so loved you. That even when you messed up on me and no one can, can satisfy my righteousness, then I disrobe and came down and went through all of this for you. The ransom. Lambs can't speak, but the Lamb of God is. 
And we find the Lamb of God saying this is what happened on the cross of Calvary. Don't cheapen it by saying that you can do something to satisfy a holy God. All of our works of righteousness are as filthy rags, God says. God's ransom to satisfy the violation of his holiness demand the best in order to apply the worst. His appearance, his agonizing environment, despised, rejected by men, environment of grief, rejected, no recognition or respect. In the Gospel of John, he said that he, Christ, came into his own, but his own what? Jerusalem, the Jews, or the Hebrew people, God says, you are a small people. He says, I chose you. You are wallowing in your um, biblical cords alongside of the road. Nobody cared. I cleaned you up. I made you mine. He says, I, he, says he came to his own. And guess what? They didn't receive him. No wonder he cried, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem. Oh, how uh, a hen that will gather its chicks. But you would not. You wouldn't come to me for protection. You would not come to me. Tell me, what else can God do? And God had made a mark. This is, this is, God says, I'm doing this and that's it. No more, nothing else other than Jesus Christ. That's it. I'm giving you heaven's best and you reject that. That's it. Then you're going to be where I never intended you to be. I'm putting you with Satan. And with his angels burning in the lake of fire forever. Torment it. And something Satan haven't experienced yet. One thing that Satan has not experienced yet is the total absence of God. Oh, he's been able to go up to heaven and, you know, and, and accuse us and all these other things. But he has never been totally separated from the God who created him. And something else. God cannot be out defeated by sin. That is one of the dumbest thoughts because how can a God who creates something, the created become stronger than he is? If God is eternal, see, and so God is going to deal with sin once and for all. I don't care all, everything that Satan has done, God's going to strip him down to a bunch of nothing, down to the pit, God says. And they will nearly look upon and say, are you the one? That disturbed nations, destroyed nations. But in order for that to happen, we had to have a ram who's called the Lamb of God. He had to be that ransom for us. The punishment, 53, 4 to 5, and it says this. Surely he had, he had uh, looked upon our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. 
He was crushed. You see the verse there? Pierced and crushed. For who? Our iniquity. Do you keep seeing this word? Our iniquity. Our, our. Over and over. You keep hearing the word our iniquity. Crushed. He bore, he bore or assumed. He carried. He was pierced. He was crushed. Here's the punishment. When God saw the son on the cross of Calvary, at this point, God says, he says, he has become sin for us. And what happened is that he absorbed all of our sins. And when God saw the sin on the cross of Calvary, now it wasn't my poor son. What he said, God is dealing with and laying on all that he would lay on us as believers. Now that is awesome. Awesome. Second Corinthians 5.21. Let's read together. For I'll say he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, he might become the righteousness of God. Now, now notice what it says here. For our sake, he made him to be what? It didn't say represent sin. Made him to what? Be sin. Who what? Knew no sin. That in him, he might become the righteousness of God. And Jesus experienced not, not only the wrath of God, but against sin. I cannot imagine what that is. All we see now is things that's happened to our nations, uh, floods and hurricanes and, uh, you know, volcanoes. And, you know, uh, you, you see a lot of things happening in our world. God said, yeah, yeah, that's true, but you haven't seen anything yet. You just wait. And Jesus Christ said, Father, I'll take it all on me. Uh, Pastor Joseph Prince, and I, and I played and I showed it before, uh, that video of all the things that Jesus Christ absorbed on the cross of Calvary. All of the hate, everything poured into him. And when everything that God was going to lay on him, he took on, he was still alive. And that's why he said, it's finished. Only God could have done that. Man could not absorb it. The punishment. God did not lay aside anything for that to happen. When 9-11 took place and people lost their lives, the question was asked, where was God when these people lost their lives? And one minister said he was in the same place where he was when his son died on the cross of Calvary. There are some things that God says, I have purpose to happen. And regardless of who's on that cross, I will not stay my purpose. For us to seek glory, you had to see the grief that he had to undergo. So that you'll never have to experience it. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart 
rolled away. And it was there by faith. I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the days, all my days. All that has been said expressed the love, commitment, and extreme length that God has expended to reconcile us to himself. What else can God do? When we think about Resurrection Sunday, we need to reflect on this. See, a lot of times we want to reflect on um, all that God is going to do for us. Because we're, we're folks, it's the me, you know, what are you going to do for me? Well, I'll tell you what he has done for you. Stay historical first and go back and see what he has done for you. And don't ever question when things go wrong that God has forsaken you. You are, he paid too much for you. Too much. The purpose. Isaiah 53, 5, 7. As we look at it, it says, Isaiah 53, 5, B says, Upon him he was, the chastisement were brought on us, uh, that brought us peace, and his wounds we are healed. Oh, the purpose now I see, that we can have peace, and we'll be healed. And a lot of folks have used that for physical healing. Understand the whole verse was not talking about physical healing. It's talking about the sins of man. And we individuals, we were sick. And Jesus Christ, by his stripes, somebody had to pay for it. Whether you go to um, uh, a McDonald's or, uh, or whatever the case may be, whatever food you eat, somebody got to pay for it. Everybody happy, but somebody has to pay for it. And Jesus Christ did that, just that for us. And so the results of it is that it was our peace, you know, and his wounds. We're healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Not only what you have done, are doing, and will do, he took it all for you and me. Jesus paid it all. That's why when we talk about ransom, there had to be a ransom. And Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, was the ransom on the cross for us. There was no other way of doing it. There are three things we need to consider in these verses. One, what is it? The process of redemption. The next is, what was the pattern of our lifestyle? We esteemed them not. All we like sheep have gone astray. Every man to his own way. Look at all of these religions. Now they say all of these can, can you can uh, go that route and you still wind up with God. No, you won't. You wind up godless. And so just for the books, Jesus said, let's write this down. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, no man comes into the Father, what? But by me. There's no other religion out there that is worth a dime 
if it doesn't have the cross and reach God's standards. You can be a Catholic. That's fine. My question is this. Do you know Jesus? I'm a Methodist. Well, you can be a Methodist all you want to. A good Methodist. I just want to know one thing before you come before the Lord. Do you know Jesus? Because it's not your denomination. You heard that word before? That word denomination simply means, the, the word denomination means, in order to become a, a denomination, you have to have over 80,000 people. Okay. Then they call you a denomination. Okay. So my denomination is, and so folks are saying, I'm this and I'm that. But the question is, do you know Jesus? Because a lot of you are going to say, Lord, Lord. And he said, I never knew you. So go to the Catholic church and go to this church and go to that church. I just want to know one thing. Do you know Jesus where he can make a difference in your life? But no, all we like sheep have gone astray. Every man to his own way. And the Lord have laid upon him the iniquity of us all. The payment made to satisfy God's righteousness requirement he paid it. He laid upon him. Observation. The lake of fire was never intended for man, but for the devil and his angels. The sin of one man infected the whole human race. We were doomed to the lake of fire. It is the penalty for violating the righteous and holiness of God. I hope that this morning we keep one thing in mind. God is not playing games. I hope everyone hear what I'm saying because what, you, what I'm saying will be brought before you again as you stand before the God of heaven. My prayer is for all of you. Whether it's 300 people that can't even fit into this place or just a couple of people in the place. It does not matter. People are primary. You're important. And I go with it with the same uh, vigor because you are important. And those of us who are saved, then we look at Resurrection Sunday from a different perspective. Not with the commercial going to Burlington uh, uh, Coat Factory and uh, they're getting these clothes. And then, then one of the children said, we can go to church. And the people smiled and they oh, yeah. Oh, so you go going to Burlington and get some clothes. Listen, it's important to understand why you're going on that particular day. And the thing that breaks God's heart, people pack the place out. And then can't hardly get out the door to get back to what they're doing. And that's why God is a purpose-driven God. He's breaking his neck to give us a glorious future. We have a blessed hope. And when we understand that, then we start changing our vocabulary and everything else. One last thing. As we approach the Resurrection Sunday, let us remember all that Jesus Christ has done for us. Here's one of the many songs that accurately pin the reality of the cross. Years 
I spent in vanity and pride. Caring not, my Lord was crucified. Knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. When the soldier looked up and said, surely he is the son of God. Liberty from the ground. Surely, if the, he said, this man is innocent. Remember me when you go into your paradise and said, today you'll follow me into bed. You'll be with me in paradise. Liberty. Eyes were being opened on the ground and eyes were being opened on the cross. What a beautiful thing that happened on the cross of Calvary. And that was only the beginning. Till last time. It's finished. It's now ready for God to really unveil things for us. And they say, eyes have not seen, no ears not heard. The things that God have, have prepared for us. Listen, God has all of this going for us. And as we Look at that, and as we wrap things up, I've made things a little bit shorter this morning, but if you can get the point, the most important point, that it's not Happy Easter. I don't know what that is. And I'll stump that bunny if it come anywhere near me. To keep the bunny and the eggs and all this, what does it have to do with the spiritual? But you see, man always taking advantage of what's going on. They have an Easter sale because they can make money off of individuals whose mind is far from God. My prayer for us is to remember this. Lest I forget lest I forget what he's done for us. You've been very patient. It's about in prayer. Father, I thank you for the saints of God. I thank you, Lord, for the reality of the cross of Calvary. I thank you for the great love that you have for us. That you sent your only begotten son Angels couldn't do it. They were created righteous. It had to be a person who very essence is righteous. It had to be a person who has been offended. And the offended person became the sacrifice for the sin. Because it could not be have been forgiven apart from that. So Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you for the privilege of knowing your word. Thank you for the privilege of becoming your child. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you have a future and a hope. And Lord, it's beyond our comprehension, really. You explain it to a level of we understand some things out of your word, but are actually seeing it forever 
and never had to worry about any other problems to enjoy you forever and you enjoy us. Oh, we have a bright future. Help us not to cheapen it by our pathetic thinking of how we feel today. May we wrap our hearts and minds around your word to be fed by it and encouraged by it and live by it and impact lives as results of it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen.